The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. Anyone uh, celebrate the independence of our great nation this week? Mm. I went and saw fireworks last night. Yeah. We're at Coralville. Yeah. My wife and I do not approve of one of the fireworks that they that they do. Which one? The explosions, the mushroom cloud, fiery, deadly explosions one. Apparently they do like a mushroom cloud looking one. It always looks like somebody is dying. And we you know, it looks like a mistake, basically. See. It looks like something really bad is happening. And is it just too low? I think it went from the position where we usually sit, which is the football fields by the high school, it's sort of behind some trees in a building. So it looks like maybe like all the fireworks may, might have gone off at once and everybody is like flaming, this flaming death. And uh, yeah. Oh, like when they're doing the finale and it just like starts going super fast. No, that's fine. That's okay. That's fine. Traditional fireworks, they go up in the sky, right? They go way up in the sky and then they burst and well, they like right, right? Some of them stay lower. But I worked in a firehouse warehouse for two summer. I know things, Dave. Ooh. Really? Some of them stay low. Well, for some, I don't know if they, maybe, Hin said she saw what I was talking about. I, I did not see this. I was. <laughs> oh, maybe they're not doing it anymore. No, I, yeah. You I, saw fireworks. I, someone this morning asked me, she was like, oh, did they do like the atomic mushroom cloud? And I was like, what? So, okay, yeah. so maybe they didn't. They don't do it anymore. I appreciate that because I I hate it. I hate <laughs> You're it. You're writing a letter. To it the makes city. me so anxious. It oh makes no goodness. sense to me as a like a firework thing. Yeah. Okay, that's my review of Coralville. <laughs> Coralville fireworks. <laughs> Just what the listeners wanted. Dave, we're putting gunpowder and like some chemicals in a tube and like lighting it on fire. Yeah. Like that. That has an inherent sense of anxiety. Yeah, but it's like the it's like the difference between driving in a car and flying in a plane right people flying in a plane is way less risky than driving in a car but people feel better driving than they do flying yeah right it's irrational doesn't make any sense i'm not gonna be rational about this that's what i'm saying (laughs) you're not gonna be rational you just don't like it no i just don't like it okay Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast. It's the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler with me today in the SCP studio. I'll tell you what, why don't you guys, okay, Hind, sit there. Okay. <laughs> can I move mid? Uh, you can. I really like that you recognize that, like, this is the spot that I sit in. Well, you were going to make me move? I was going to make you move. Originally, I was going to make you move to that seat and then Hind go to that seat, but that doesn't make any sense. You're already sitting there. That's complicated. This is the seat I always sit in. Well, I'm glad that accidentally I was able to let you. Watch the tapes. This is the seat I'm pretty sure I've been in every time. Let you keep your seat. Thank you. Why Why do you like it so much? Because it's the one that I've sat in. Okay. With me today in the SCP studio and on the internet, a handful of patriots. What so proudly we hail, it's M2 <laughs> Hind Al-Kalani. Did I say it wrong? No, I just... I don't... Did not react. I don't okay. have any words. He's living proof. He's giving proof through the night. It's M4 AJ Chowdhury. He's giving. We're joined by a person who's always lit by the rocket's red glare. It's M3 Nicole Hines. What's up, nerds? And she's, for Purple Mountain's Majesty, it's MD PhD student Faith Prohaska. That was such a weird way to introduce everyone to Here I am, being weird. I liked yours. It's a little romantic. So this week I wanted to talk about the big news in education, a decision by the Supreme Court of the United States which struck down the use of race in making decisions about college admissions. And the Supreme Court ruled against race-conscious admissions policies at Harvard and at the University of North Carolina, stating that they violated the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution's 14th Amendment. The 
ruling allows for consideration of an applicant's discussion of how race affected their life while cautioning against using personal essays to telegraph race. I have no idea what that means. So you can use it, but don't use it. I feel like is what that means. And so obviously the concern is that the decision may result in a drop in the number of black and Hispanic students at selective universities. But many schools have actually been preparing for a race neutral admissions era by you know, sort of prioritizing the other things, academic rigor, low income, low SES status, first generation applicants, things like that. But there are still, you know, there are still concerns about this. And we saw this play out at the university system level a couple of years back with UC Berkeley, where the number of African-American and Latin students were you know, the numbers dropped in admissions rate while the number of East Asian and South Asian students increased at that university system. So I think that might be a pattern that's played out nationally now. That's the only real observation that I can make without just saying this is purely speculation. I mean, I think that I do expect that I do expect that that while we will feel change in the short term, I'm wondering if we can substitute because race is like a race is basically like the thing we're really interested in is bringing in a diverse group of people. Right. That's the thing that we're really interested in. And race like like a lot of times when you're measuring stuff or when you're talking about stuff, you're talking about proxies. Right. Mm-hmm. For the thing that you're actually interested in. Everybody is like super concerned about this at the university level, and I'm sure that it's going to, you know, we're going to, we probably will change how we do things here at the Carver College of Medicine. But I want to talk a little bit about like what it is that we think it, what it is that we think having a very widely sourced group of students does for medicine today. It keeps us lit. That's what I wanted. It is. Call it. End the episode now. You it's got it. Lit. It is like, I, I mean, I'm obviously not going to like cite studies off the top of my head, but I know that there has been research done that shows that having providers who look like you does improve patient care. And right now, we definitely do not have an array of providers that look like the population that we're caring for. Yeah, the numbers are way off. And I and this is, you know, and despite years of effort under mm-hmm. affirmative action, medicine has not made actually in universities in general have not made great strides at all in improving those numbers. So it's possible that affirmative action just wasn't working for at least for the university level. I don't know. I think it's my understanding that it was like at least the people who wanted to not use it or like who were opposed to like bringing in diverse groups of people like kind of to begin with were using it almost as like a okay well we hit our quota like we've gotten the amount of diversity like admits that we want so like now we're going to do our own thing with like everybody else and it wasn't I think the spirit of it was meant to incentivize like to put like a legal importance on the fact that like having diverse applicants and having diverse groups in universities at whatever level improves everybody in the end like and people were saying like okay i've gotten my legally mandated amount of diversity that i need i'm done like and that was the i think it was a good change and i think from my knowledge of it and from listening to people who know far more about it it was that it just didn't go far enough and that's why like we still are behind i think what in if like if that's what was going on what makes me nervous then is that now there isn't even a quota right yeah we're going in the wrong direction if that was the intention of like oh i just need to hit this quota and then i can like just completely disadvantage a population once i hit this quota without the quota they're just going to be more disadvantaged yeah so like as crappy as it is to say like okay you've hit your 10 diversity applicants like now you don't even have to have any like you can admit every legacy and like just be done 
well that's the other that's the other part of this is that is that now there are schools i think it's harvard yeah um, they were that are being sued for their or that are being you know sued for their legacy admissions practice so yeah how that plays out in the long term you know who knows but but at least i guess that's the pushback that's the you know that's the impetus because many of these legacy admits are, you know, overwhelmingly wealthy and white. I know. I'm shook. I know. If you want to be even more shook, the population that was most benefited from affirmative action as like a mandate was white women, which is it's totally interesting. shocking. Well, interesting. Yeah. There's so many people who their problem with affirmative action rose up the moment that they could claim it was inversely like impacting them negatively but my opinion is that it's the exact same group of people who didn't want affirmative action in the first place because they already benefited from the system and so there were noticeable benefits to a diverse population of people but the moment that white people weren't benefiting from it more people started to raise their arms and probably white people but I know that there are other views to why people are against it, but I largely see it as people saying, this doesn't benefit me. Why should I support it? Oh, I paid off all of my student loans. Why should anybody get their student loans for? Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty common. It's pretty, pretty analogous. Yeah, and that's it's a pretty common thing where people, I don't know, people maybe don't look at things from a global perspective. They look at it very much from their own sort of position. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna end my opinion with I'm very uneducated on the topic. Yeah, well, <laughs> we all are. We're just reading the newspaper, basically. I think people the also... newspaper. We're just reading the newspaper. I read what it says on this piece of paper that I get on my doorstep every day. Do you read it while you feed the squirrels? And in the while park? I feed the squirrels. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the life. Honestly, <laughs> I think the other like the other misconception is that people think that like mandating applicants to be mandating admits to be diverse means that like people get in only because of diversity and so they think like oh well you got in to this school or you got in like you got this job or you got this promotion or whatever because they needed like they needed diverse people and not because you earned it and they wanted to represent diversity in this population which like is the intention of it of like that you take into account the fact that like there are qualified applicants no one's letting somebody who like never got an undergrad degree and like never took the mcat and like didn't even apply and they're like you get in like that's nobody's doing that yeah but like that's where the fear-mongering comes in is that like it wasn't earned and that higher achieving white people are getting passed over for like what is being deemed like less achieving people of color when in reality it's like you everyone is incredibly high achieving yeah but also you're accounting for the fact that like certain people are denied opportunities or don't have access to opportunities because of who like because of who they are and other people got it just because they were born into a rich wealthy well-connected white family like that's you're changing i'm trying to say this in like a non-science way if you're like normalizing to a baseline but like that's no, you can say it in is. a science way. I'm the MSCP. That, that makes you feel good. You can do that. If you, I mean, if you got a 60th percentile score on the MCAT and worked two jobs while studying for the MCAT, and then the person next to you got a 95th percentile but had their whole day to study, that's the same score. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they got like, it's actually their fifth time taking it because somebody else was like paying for it and yeah. they took like a bunch of prep courses, like, all that goes into it, and it predominantly is from wealthy white people. Yeah. Well, on the the, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out in the next few years. But there are some predicted effects. I mean, we've already talked about one of them, which is that you know the number of people of color applying to schools will go down. So that's prediction number one. Prediction number two: schools may resort to sort of cheating and ambiguity in admissions decisions to avoid legal challenges because no school wants to be the Harvard or North Carolina that gets taken to this, you know, that gets sued and ends up in the Supreme Court 
for their admissions practices. So that's number prediction number two. Prediction number three is the ruling may lead to less emphasis on standardized metrics and more emphasis on personal qualities, recommendations, and application essays. That sounds better. Why, I, like some of it does. Some of it mm. does. But, you know, for like, for, let's take recommendations, for instance. Recommend, a recommendation comes from, well, it can come from a variety of places. But, you know, probably maybe the best ones, the quote unquote best ones might be from somebody who is a physician or somebody who, you know, you know at least somebody who studied medicine themselves. Yeah. And so that might be a problem for some people to, yeah. to get access to those people. Also, you know. Application essays are all well and good, but they require you to be re- you know, really good at writing, which may be a problem for some people. Uh, already reading and, and arithmetic in this country are kind of abysmal in education, so imagine that might be a problem. And already universities have started dropping their test requirements or eliminating them completely because tests, because standardized tests tend to favor students from privileged backgrounds and sort of perpetuate rep- racial disparities in scores. What about the personal qualities? That's what I was that, more in yeah. support of, because like but. you could have someone who takes two years after finishing undergrad to go get a master's and you could have somebody who is planning to do that, but their grandma got sick. And so they spent two years as a caregiver. And you can argue that there's a lot of attributes that are admirable about having to take those two years yeah. to be a caregiver and a lot of things that you learn. Yeah. But if you're just looking at degrees, the other person would be favored. And so if a person's able to reflect and have good enough writing skills to write an essay where they can talk about how that experience benefited them, yeah. if they're actually paying attention to these attributes and like it's actually having a bearing on the application. Yeah. Well, a lot of schools like ours do a holistic review rather mm-hmm. than looking just at, you know, a small set of factors. I mean, I, f- I feel like at least here they really do make a strong effort to look at the whole applicant. And so, yeah, hopefully more schools will do that. I don't know. I got kind of nervous about personal qualities. I mean, that sounds very subjective. Oh, yeah. that And that can be a, a double-edged sword. So. I, yeah, the... But the, you know, the MCAT looks like an objective score, but is it? That is true. I mean, it's a number, so that feels like, that feels objective. I don't know, I've never taken it. I mean, tell me how objective it is to sit down with two people for an interview. Yeah. Like, first impressions mean a lot. You know, you hear that all the time. Somebody could just be feeling a weird vibe from you. And a completely other person, 100% the same interview, all the same words said, would have a completely different outlook on yeah. how you did. Or maybe they're racist. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you control that. So. Weird, weird vibes. No, that's not weird vibes. But, you know. Yeah, totally. Well, I was tough also just because it's super white. And our emphasis is on admitting in-state applicants, mm-hmm. like many state schools. So we already kind of are behind the eight ball in that regard because we, you know, I know that we try real hard to get minority applicants, but it's, you know, it's tough in a state like Iowa. You're probably, it would probably be easier if you're from one of the coasts or something like that. You know, I learned a couple of days ago that Virginia was on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like one state in or something. I don't know. Did you grow up in this country? On the West Coast. <laughs> you grew I up in this country? I've heard of Virginia Beach. I'm assuming it's just the entire coastal part of the state. I think it's a particular part of Virginia. It's actually one of the Great Lakes that we don't talk about in school unless you're from Virginia. <laughs> the Great Lake really? of Virginia? Yeah, that's where Virginia Beach is. I see. All right. Tell me why you were late. I want to know. Cole. Today was my first day of externship, Ooh. and I'm on the GI Surge path specialty or service. Your, your pathology extension. Yes, yes. Yeah. And one of my requirements is that each day I'm expected to gross one GI specimen. So tell me why I just grossed five specimens. What does gross mean? It's when they come yep. in from they come in from surgery and you have to like 
describe it and put it into like prepare it for it to be fixed in wax okay to then be put onto slides so you do the initial steps from after surgery like whether it's cutting it up describing its appearance for the report and like measuring it it's personal qualities Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this one is tan and pink. 0.3 I don't even Why want to think about so having many mistakes. Then, when you knew that you had to be here. Because my resident, when it was time to go gross at three, was like, okay, I'm going to show you how to do this. Here's a bucket of things. <laughs> and then he's like, you feel like you know how to do this? Okay, I'm going to leave you with three or four cases. I forgive you. And they all had like three components to them. So... I forget. Sounds stressful. For yeah, day one. yeah, and I kept messing up. But so. you did it. I did it, and I don't think anybody's gonna be mad on day about the one. Mistakes on day one. Yeah, you did it. yeah. That's good. It's been a get long, a gold star it's been a long day. You get a gold star. Thank you. Does that have a smiley face on it? Yes. Two smiley faces. Yes, but it has to <laughs> be. It has day. to be one set of eyes and two smiles. And you're gonna do this for the whole year. I'm gonna do it for a whole year. Just not GI thing. the whole time. Right. But yes, I'll be doing this. All year. I'll forever be a rising M3 for the next year. (laughs) What other things do path externs do? Well, let's make sure I get my counts right. So each of our rotations are four weeks. And since it's a year-long program, what's that? Like 12 weeks worth of Yeah, I'm not doing math here. I just did the math. Or no. Not 12 weeks, but 12 rotations. See? Or maybe we do 13 because just we get gen- one week 13. off. You just generally describe what path externs do. divided by 4 is going to be 40 is 10, and then 12. It's, it gets you to 52, and then you add a week of vacation, and somehow the year has 53 <laughs> <laughs> weeks. But okay. I think you do two rotations of GI surge path, three or four of general surge path. You do three rotations on autopsy. And then you select like four clinical pathology rotations you want to do, or you could do a research block, or you can just do research while you're busy all the time, which I'm going to do. But And then isn't there teaching? Yes. So they scared me on Monday during orientation, making it sound for a moment like only four of us would be doing teaching. And I didn't raise my hand that I want to do teaching in the future, but I do want to teach during this. So we lead small groups for the... It's like a human, some kind of pathology. I don't know. It's It's for the dentistry students and health science, like for the master's students. And so we will lead their weekly small groups once their semester starts. And we are also, I don't know that I should be advertising this, but we have to write the test questions too. Yes. So I have to brush off my multiple choice (laughs) question writing skills that I don't have. That's the spirit. You can can do it. I'm sure the other externs will be great. (laughs) And I will provide... You can all work together. Yep, I'll provide questions that other people help edit. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like a good year, actually. Yeah, I mean, the... There's no weekend. There's no calls. It's pretty consistent hours outside of, you know, you don't really know when your day ends. It ends when the work is done. Yeah. Hence today. And it being the first day, I wasn't too keen on being like, hey, can I leave early? Yeah. But I get that. I didn't say bye to my resident because he wasn't in the workroom when I left. So that's his fault. We'll, we'll see. Gave you a whole bunch of shit to do and left. I know. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's going to be like, let's have a chat. Let's have a little chat. No, you're, 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 fine. you're setting expectations at <laughs> the beginning. Exactly. It's... You set them at a reasonable level yeah. and then you can exceed them. Nice. My attending called me an, an A-level student and I assured him I am not. Already? <laughs> yes. I asked. I think you give A level vibes. Well, I don't have A level performance. It doesn't matter. I might give vibes, but reality matter. is very different. Got to give so. the vibes. The vibes are what's important. I assured him I think of good questions. When I, I just... write your MSP, it will be filled <laughs> with comments about your vibes. It actually will. I test like an anxious person. Yeah. That's fair. Well, good. You made it. So I'll give you a pass. Downgraded from A to pass. I'll give you an A. Shortcoats, we love to hear from you, no matter what it's about. So call us at 347-SHORT-CT with questions, shower thoughts, complaints about your situation, whatever you like. We'll talk about it on the show. 
here's a bit of disturbing news. Many schools, including the Carver College of Medicine, depend on body donors for the cadavers that students learn anatomy on. So it's kind of just crazy to see this recent story about a morgue at Harvard Medical School, which is apparently having a bad legal week. The morgue manager and his wife, along with three others, have been indicted on charges of selling body parts from donated cadavers and allowing buyers to choose specific parts. The defendants were part of a nationwide network involved in the buying and selling of stolen human remains from both from Harvard and from a mortuary in Arkansas, I think. The accused, the body parts included heads, brains, skin, bones oh, from boy. cadavers scheduled for cremation. And one of the buyers allegedly stored and sold the remains at her store, specializing in creepy dolls and bone art. Hmm. The defendants face charges of conspiracy and interstate transport of stolen goods in the medical schools express shock and betrayal over the allegations. Why do people be this way? Why? Shit's man. I mean, these are people who made the decision. You know, these are people who, when they died, it made the decision to donate their bodies to medical schools in order to teach students anatomy. And and we got these jabonis who think it's a good idea to do this. That's horrible. To undermine everything. To undermine everything. I mean, who would want, who, knowing this, who would want to make that decision? I don't know. You live in a capitalist hellscape. Yeah. That's why people do stupid things. We're going to sell everything. Everything's got to be sold. We're going to make some money off it. I'm glad we talked about this before consuming the your weird liquid. We haven't gotten there yet. Don't talk don't about the weird liquid. <laughs> it's right there. What's right there? The grossness. <laughs> the void. You have any more pickle pops? Of ick. I have no more pickle pops. Damn. Dang it. We've just got weird, just weird separating liquid with sediment on the bottom and like little chunks on the wall and like maybe an oily thing on the top. It's going to be delicious. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it, Dave. You already missed Dave's weird chicken story about how he was overcome by the spirit of creativity and made like an awful meal. And then he's giving us this now. We're getting pampered today. Yeah. You've got such a good outlook. And I just, I'm so nervous. Faith, Faith, we need to work on your, we need to work on your attitude. I don't know why I keep being on episodes where you have weird food things. I didn't even, you weren't even scheduled to be on this episode. You joined us at the last minute. I was being a good friend. (laughs) Maybe the one you should be talking to is Hint. Wow. Yeah, you know, throw me under the bus that you were probably right under that MF and bus. I mean, the audacity. Did you notify everyone there there were going to be weird liquids? No, I've never been notified. Nobody knew it until they walked in the room. So it's your fault. I just blindly consume what Dave gives me. You didn't give everyone the information to give me the information. Thank you. You're welcome, Dave. I got you. You know, that thing. (laughs) Sorry, Dave, we're not giving you much this episode. It's all right. From the I didn't see that coming desk, we have this story about how physicians are using AI to enhance their empathy and communication skills. (laughs) A study in April of this year sampled 195 randomly drawn patient questions from Reddit's Ask Docs. And the responses from and the responses to those questions from verified physician responders. The questions were also run through ChatGPT, and the responses from each were compared by three different healthcare providers. They found that in almost nine in almost seventy nine percent of responses, the evaluators preferred ChatGPT's responses for the quality of information provided, three point six times more good or very good ratings, and their empathy. 9.8 times more empathetic or very empathetic ratings. Okay, so make sure I have this right. They took Ask Doc threads and they compared the comments that physicians off the clock made on Reddit to ChatGPT. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you might have a, have seen the obvious problem. <laughs> AI replaces doctors confirmed. <laughs> I mean, it passed steps, so like fine i mean the obvious problem here is that when you're answering questions on reddit you're not the same they're not the same person as you're also not their doctor yeah like you're just trying to answer the question sorry but at the end of the day when i'm on reddit my my empathy level and like the amount i'm gonna go out there for a person is completely different than when i'm in the clinic and caring for actual patients like 
I understand that these are real people asking real questions. The context is very different, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if you're asking for information on Reddit, also, you probably can we, just want can the Can we infor- compare the empathy in those to the empathy in just, like, general comments? Because... <laughs> well, that's not... Reddit is a pretty low bar for empathy <laughs> to begin with. That's a euphemism. Successful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's better than Twitter, probably. Like, if you tell but me that... But the quality chat- of information provided, 3.6 times better. 3.6 times more good or very good ratings. Who is, who is rating? Who the is health, rating other the other health providers? Okay. okay. What is, like, how are they defining quality by, like... I don't know. But they're asking other healthcare providers to rate the answers based on the quality. So how was the quality of the answer that you're reviewing, you know... Whatever your Likert scale is, poor, good, very good, excellent, you know, whatever. And they, and the healthcare providers rated ChatGPT's responses 3.6 times better in terms of good or very good ratings. So that's all the information I have. Do we know, okay, I just, I have so much beef. Just a weird, just an undefined quality is also like not a good way of scoring that to just say quality i'm gonna i'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to the study and say that they defined quality as (coughs) correct information about the question that was asked but there's a difference between being like correct and being thorough and like explaining it in at what a fifth grade reading level or sure and how much time like a physician in their like free time is willing to devote to answering random questions on the internet that like could be people just like making things up like that there's no foundation that that's like an actual like person with that actual problem like it could be anything it's the internet versus like a computer that's spitting out information like faster than a person could type it and like could look those things up yeah like of course it's gonna have like a better answer because it no effort and this is some a human on their free time like devote yeah i guess given this study it's probably no surprise that doctors are beginning to use chat gpt to explain medical concepts to their patients and their families in a sort of compassionate and understandable manner the use of ai tools in medical practice has it's i guess it's been useful for providing kind responses to patient emails assisting with staff communication and handling administrative tasks. I did find an account on medium.com from an ER doc, and I'll post it from an ER doc who'd been having trouble with a family who didn't accept his repeated explanations about why he wasn't treating their family member's dehydration while she was suffering from pulmonary edema. Mm-hmm. So you clinical students, can you, do, can you answer why that's a bad idea? Why treating dehydration is a bad idea for a pulmonary edema patient? Take it away, AJ. Yeah, you haven't the said jack shit. In your lungs, <laughs> you're not dehydrated. You're literally drowning in water. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, you can have liquids. Then it'll just make it worse and kill you faster. Yeah. You're draining it all off, and then we'll talk about getting water in. But if you give someone water while you're treating them for pulmonary edema, you're turning them into a Brita filter. So he tried a few times to explain it in as compassionately as he could. And they just weren't, they weren't processing. They weren't understanding. They saw what they probably saw what looked like the immediate problem to them, which is that, you know, I'm thirsty and, you know, wanted that to be treated. So what he did was he tried, he went to chat GPT, entered the question is, how would you explain this to the patient? And read the explanation to the family and he found that they finally accepted the course of treatment after he did this because it explained it well and it expressed an understanding of why or it expressed i'm not understanding is a strong word but it it expressed it in language that was very empathetic and very like i understand that what you're seeing is distressing and you know but here's why we do this and you know we're all in this together kind of statement which is probably and he admits probably what he should have done in the first place so he learned something from this i mean it's a tool that you can learn from i guess yeah i think that's brilliant he also gave it to the nurses so that they could read it to them when they kept having questions but he said that the nurses said that the family also was like oh okay i get it thank you for explaining it to me 
So, like you're still doctoring. You're still you're still doing your job in this scenario of making decisions about the patient's care and communicating that to them. Like, why does it have to be from your head? If that makes sense. Like, as long as you're still, like, does that make sense? Yeah, I, th- I think his particular point was, you know, I wasn't doing the best job of explaining it to them. They weren't getting it, despite my repeated attempts. And so when I used this tool to, you know, to sort of brainstorm an alternative way of describing it, it came up with what seems in hindsight like the obvious answer. And so, you know, you, yeah. I guess you could use that. I guess you could use it as a tool in your arsenal. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think it's interesting that it, you know, obviously it's not empathetic. You know, it has information. It doesn't understand the information it has. It doesn't understand empathy, but it responds in a way that fakes both of those things. It conveys empathy. It yes. doesn't actually have it. Right, right, right. And I guess why not use it? You know, maybe someday we'll have ChatGPT or its successor in glasses that we can that you all can use to sort of talk to patients with and you don't have to use your brains at all to. i'm really curious though in this case like was it the science that he wasn't describing or did they just not feel supported yeah i think probably mm-hmm. a mixture of the two because i feel like it's if it's one or the other you have like you have good support like oh this tool can be used this way but if it's just he wasn't being empathetic then what are the reasons behind that? Like just knowing what to say from chat GPT isn't going to fix that. You're not empathetic in any of your clinical scenarios. I don't think it was in, I don't think it was from the article I read. And again, I'm going to post this in the show notes at the shortcoat.com so you can check it out. I don't think it was necessarily that he wasn't empathetic or he Mm -hmm. wasn't, or he didn't, wasn't conveying the information correctly. I think it was that the way he was expressing whatever he needed to express wasn't getting to the family members themselves I kind of like want- they were very concerned with what they were seeing which was the dehydration and less concerned about what they couldn't see which is the pulmonary edema i wonder if part of the problem was just talking shop i know that like the further out you get from being a trainee the more you forget how normal people talk yeah like what actually is the level that we're supposed to be talking to our patients with yeah and I feel like the further you get out having ChatGPT to remind you, like, hey, this is medical ease that you're using. This is what a normal person or like a non-medical professional would understand. And I think people don't always tell you when you're not communicating well. No. And I, I heard an attending recently say that they know based on like the looks on their students' faces. And sometimes they feel like their students explain things so much better than they do just because they don't have all the medical terminology to throw jargon around yeah so they're sort of forced to fit it into language that they themselves can understand yeah and so when they bring that back to the professor the professor goes okay yeah, yeah that's the better way to put and it. then at the same time when you have a script to read from and you're not expending your mental energy on okay what am i saying next it probably is easier than to throw in your empathy aj when you have to explain things to patients do you do this do you consciously how conscious do you have to be about using appropriate language and empathy i mean i've been on peds all day i'm in peds clinic it's not super difficult for me but that's because i grew up not in any kind of medicine background and all the long stem words are newer to me than the basic terminology that we use to actually describe things to patients i think that the hardest thing for a lot of medical students to come to terms with when talking to patients or Actually, more so residents and even then attendings, just like mentioned before, once you're so far removed from the actual, like, people around you aren't all doctors, all your friends aren't doctors, all your coworkers aren't doctors, it gets hard to see the language that we use from day to day as the language that you're expected to use when talking to patients. And I think that lack of familiarity now with this, I guess, lower terminology, air quotes, makes it much more difficult to empathetically communicate to your patients even if you do mean to be empathetic and have intention behind your words if they're not picking up what you're putting down in that regard pulmonary edema doesn't sound very no it doesn't convey empathy basically mm-hmm. it's well, it would be way easier to say there's there is water in 
your family member's body, but it's in their lungs, and that's why they're here. Our goal is to take out the water from their lungs, and then we can start giving them water and getting them comfortable again. That would be a lot less work than saying they have pulmonary edema and we need to diurese them in order to get it out before we can give them water. That's going to lead to a lot more problems than just seeing it clearly. I think there's so many variables when you're approaching like patient communication, just education level being one. And they do, we do have class sessions that are like how to talk to patients and make sure that they understand what you're saying. And we go over some skills like having like teach back or stopping intermittently to have opportunities to ask questions. And that is dependent on the person feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, I didn't understand this. But if you stop and check in and say, hey, I just want to make sure that like you didn't miss anything or if there was anything that you misunderstood, can you kind of rehash what we just talked about? Yeah, the way I've heard physicians say this is I want to make sure that I'm communicating well with you. Mm -hmm. You tell me, you know, what we've talked about today so that we can make sure that we're both on the same page. And I think if you take those opportunities and then dig into where are the misunderstandings coming from and look at like longitudinally the conversations you're having with patients and assessing, looking at yourself saying, what am I, or is there something I'm failing at every single time to lead to this miscommunication? Well, what I like about this guy in his article was that he he did recognize a problem. He selected a tool, probably doesn't matter what tool you select in the long run. It just happens to be that this particular kind of tool is talked a lot about these days. So why not give it a shot? And he had the humility to sort of write about it and say, you know, world, it's not among my finest hours, and here's what I learned from it kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I like that. That's all right. If you can bring it full circle, I think it reinforces the fact that you need to have well-rounded applicants and well-rounded cohorts. Yeah. And if you get... I really oversold myself by saying I was going to bring it full circle. But <laughs> I'm, like, processing right now. But if you have more diverse groups of people than they are going to be able to communicate in more diverse ways and get like through those shared experiences are going to be able to like communicate more effectively with different types of people and maybe this is just like my communication studies background like popping in but like that's i don't have like the paper the statistics off my head like you were saying but like unbelievable it is a known thing that like you it is easier to communicate with people who have like similar backgrounds and experiences because you can use that to rely on or use it to explain different things and create some sort of understanding and so by having diverse people in medicine and in any field you're going to create an opportunity for more empathetic and more compassionate and more communicative providers who hopefully won't sell off organs if they're in an admission wow you really drew it all together i got it (laughs) it took me a minute The wheels were spinning, but we got there. <laughs> there were no providers selling organs. That was a morgue. That were that were, those were morgue employees. It was at the medical school. It was at the medical school. So then there'll be in administrative positions overseeing people who will not be selling organs. I feel like I know where there's an opening if you're looking for a job in a medical school. I don't. <laughs> I've got a, I've got enough of a job already. <laughs> what happened to Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> she had to go piss girl. Did she have to go piss girl? I think so. Do you feel That's like you fully understand creative. the go piss girl meme? I think I understand it. Yeah. I'm not, no. Let's use a teach back for you to tell me. All right. You got to go to the bathroom. You go, hey, go piss. No, I have but to go like, piss girl. What's the lore? Where did it come from? Well, it came from mean girls. No. It came from girl. Gossip girl. Uh-huh. And somebody had to go to the bathroom. And so it's, it was a meme that they took like the, like some marketing for Gossip Girl where it like had the two characters and it said like Gossip Girl and they edited like the words that say Gossip Girl into Go Piss Girl. I see. And then they put it in this like meme template that was like, oh, you got to uh, go to the bathroom? Go, Insert this photo oh, here. Oh, okay. Now I... And so now it's just become... Now I understand. just say. Granted, I think this was during the pandemic, right? So... Yeah. I don't think there were a lot of brain cells functioning, so... <laughs> I think Go Piss Girl is so funny. I will say it in every... (laughs) 
in, in any given opportunity, if someone tell if someone in my vicinity says they're going to the bathroom, I will instinctively respond, "Go piss, girl." Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Let's play a game that I have heard called Minority Report. For each round, one of us will choose a category and then offer an either or question like cold or flu or mouthful of crushed aspirin or mouthful of colonoscopy prep. Or something like that. It's a forced choice question. You will write your answer. What you will write your choice that just the one that you like better for yourself on one of those. Last time I played one of these games, I was the odd man out every time, Dave. Well, oh, do you want blue? On those on those tablets that I've given you, <laughs> i.e., laminated paper with a laminated. sticker on it. No. Hastily laminated paper. No, let's I genuinely love off. this. Yeah, let's this do the, the beauty YouTuber. Yes, exactly. This is nice. Yeah, so you'll write your answers on the paper, and then we'll do a 3-2-1, and then you can display your paper. Okay. The smallest group of players choosing an answer is the loser, and they have to drink the concoction that I have made. It's completely safe, made of actual edible things that I found at the grocery store. That's promising. It's fresh today, refrigerated for your safety. It's all good. It's all good. Are you ready, Nicole? Do you want to be the first to... Is it kosher? I think it is, yeah. Are there microscopic... There are no microscopic things. Everything comes in, in a bottle of some sort. I don't know if that has anything to do with kosher. <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I don't think that's in the Old Testament. But Is that okay. not in the Old Testament? It, <laughs> yeah. Nicole, would you like to pick, decide on a category? What are our categories? I have some categories here. Ooh. That wasn't an answer. All right. Medical specialties. Is that the category I chose? <laughs> That's the category I you, chose. You medical chose specialties. Medical specialties. You asked Let for it be options, known. And he said, "I have options," and then gave <laughs> we, me what we do. Okay, so we have to pick between. See, well, you have to say two things. Oh, I have this to pick or, medical specialties. Yeah, you have to pick two specialties, and then we will each write down the one that we favor for ourselves. And the goal is to match with as many people as possible. And the goal of Your goal school. is to be a part of the majority. Yes, and if you don't, then you have to drink the delicious food that I've prepared. Hey, AJ, since you don't, since you're unable to partake, and is there something disgusting that you can <laughs> gnaw on in your location? Wild. When you need, when you need it. I have some biscuits, but I can't eat those. I have some baby carrots, but those aren't gross. What about a, a chunk of carpet? Or something. I have this empty ch- bag of chips. Mm, I don't know. There. You say a chunk of carpet? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> of the hotel carpet? Yeah. Oh. That's like, way more dangerous than what I've put together. Yeah, you're definitely But like die. the fact that your comparison is making me so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I don't trust your culinary creations anymore. I don't know why you say that. <laughs> What's the... I don't know. I just have a hunch. You know, the vibes are a little weird. I'm hurt. I'm crushed. I trust you. That's just based on what they say, though. So, yeah, get a shot of the the food creation on Zoom. I want to see. Yeah, like yeah, the camera's right, show right it, there. AJ's camera's up there. Bring it up Wait, close. I have to do, like, the YouTuber thing. Yeah. Like, bring, bring like, it. The beauty YouTuber? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, what is that? Yeah, there's a like, like a sediment sandy layer at the bottom and then this weird like this chocolate milky stuff and then like an orange oil on top of it. In, in the glare of the light, it looks radioactive. It I feel like I'm gonna It's glowing. So the goal is to conform. Sure. This is a great game to be playing when we're talking about the overturning of affirmative. Action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm actually trying to make it like a difficult thing to decide yeah, you should. that's difficult yeah. for me to come up with specialties. There's only 18 that 
Oh, I can't do subspecialties. I guess you could do subspecialties. Okay, because the first one I came up with was a trauma surgeon who reattaches traumatic amputations. Okay. That's a very... Is that a... Okay. I met someone who did that in Korea recently, so that's the reason it comes to mind. All right. Or do you want to be a psychiatrist who specializes in treating people with cluster B personality disorders? Whoa. Can we what's cluster B like borderline personality, narcissistic personality? Okay, that, that falls so they're really intractable, the difficult ones mm. to treat. Okay, and spoiler your narcissistic patients probably wouldn't come to get therapy because there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, yeah, they're a lack of usually a lack of insight, I think, is the common feature of the two that you mentioned, right? Well, borderline personality and. Oh, I thought you meant what would you say, AJ? <laughs> Not trauma <laughs> surgeon. <laughs> Done, psych. <laughs> all right, so we have. I have a clear choice. Is all I'll say. I think I know what AJ. Would I wouldn't do. be shocked. Man, <clears throat> I don't know what's my having answer. done both of these things as a at the med student level. I knew what AJ would say before I came up with any of these. Like even the specialties. Well, I mean, when I was coming up with those, I knew it, but I feel like I could probably guess out of the things I personally would come up with, like. One of them would probably fit each person better than the other. Yeah. So, I guess the real question is, what are we going to do if we all agree? All right. I have to drink. I just want to try the smoothie. If everyone agrees, the asker has to drink. Oh, okay. High stakes. All right. You ready? I'm ready to reveal. Up for failure. You can say yours at the same time, AJ, if you want. Or, oh, you have a piece of paper. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh no! Yeah, a smiley face. What did you choose, Nicole? Oh, I was supposed to do it. I thought I was the one asking. I guess you could. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I really think about these. It doesn't things. matter. I still lose. Looks like Faith. Oh, I'm so. Who chose nervous. Faith? Chose. I would have done Psych. Maybe I'm just a neuro girly, but like neuro girly. Look, I think this is this is important work. I don't have working. the lifestyle for a surgeon. Psych is important work important but also exhausting yeah all right yeah you want to you might want to stir that up a little bit (laughs) get all the good bits get all the goodness (laughs) i will say treating patients with cluster b personality disorders is extremely difficult and stressful in its own way and i would rather put someone's arm back on at three in the morning (laughs) i feel like i need to like ready my ready my emotional support water bottle just so I can be emotionally. Yeah, if I was a nice person, I would have provided water, but I didn't think of that. No, this is. I'm in my hydrated girly era. This was full this morning. You okay. went. I'm to doing the so store. good. There you go. You went to the store, gave us fresh ingredients. Fresh and ingredients. Made, and made us yes. a smoothie. <laughs> I think she likes it. Diva, I hate you. <laughs> that tastes like vomit in a cup. Any. And it's chunky. Oh my. I told you have to get the good bits. Did anybody see me drink some earlier? Did you? Oh. <laughs> How did you do that without noticing? Because I didn't react. <laughs> Queen. I suppressed it. I was just intellectually think, like I'll do it thinking again. about throwing up and now that tasted like throw up and it's... When did you do that? Before I picked a question or a category. Wow. Absolute icon. You're would you person, would you like to guess what the concoction is made of? I'll give you a hint. Three ingredients. Cottage cheese. Something sour. Like bitter. Maybe like a soy sauce. Okay. Like, yeah! Is there any like pumpkin or squash mm. in there? No. Yeah, there's something sweet in there. Maybe like a chocolate milk because Dave's like, color. no, there's not. It's a uh, chunky blue cheese dressing. <sighs> blue cheese. That was... <laughs> AJ's thankful he's not here I in person. Chunky blue cheese dressing, root beer. Yeah, I told you there was something sweet in there. <laughs> root beer and shit. What was the other one? And shit. You made a drink shit. <laughs> he forgot. You're right. It's orange. Check your grocery. Orange. But yeah, it definitely looks the like there's something it's orange. Okay. That's not root beer right there. Oh, spicy hot V8. Yeah. Okay, there's the orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Wait, maybe spicy. there was some pumpkin in it. Spicy, I mean, we don't know. What spicy what? Spicy hot V8. Oh. Vegetable juice. Yeah. I love root beer. 
I love all of these things. I like them all separately. Yeah. But they're nasty together. All right, let's try again. This time it's your turn, Faith. I'm not drinking that anymore. Yeah, Until we all guess the same have thing. Have you ever had somebody throw up on the podcast? I would love that. you're about to. I would Nicole, love do you have water? No, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Hey, I can't erase my thing. <laughs> Here. Give me one of them. Uh, them tissues. Or I have the expo, the expo wipes there. <laughs> That's my category. Thank you. Okay, can this I, is working. Can I do a toss or are you going to catch? This is working. Okay. All right. That was really. Dave, that looks so wrong from this angle. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Faith. What's your? What are your two things? I need a category. Oh yeah. The category this time is patient interactions. Make of that what you will. You got to figure it out. You can also just discard that category and come yeah, up with your own. Yeah, I want own. a new one. Come up with your own. I don't want to come up with this my own. This one was easier for me to come up with than the last one. You got to take mine or you got to come up with your own? Bagel flavors. Bagel flavors. I'll make it medical. I'll do that. Make it medical. Medical bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Most diabetic bagel flavor. Most diabetic bagel flavor. Oh. Cinnamon raisin sugar. Cinnamon sugar raisin. See, I'm just thinking of these, like, rise and roll donuts. Give me donut or bagel. Just keep it general. That's controversial. (laughs) Yeah, sure, donut or bagel. I did it for you. I feel like you've you've killed my brain cells with that nasty swamp water. (sighs) Now, remember, if we all write the same thing. You have to drink. I'll vomit on the podcast. This is really like hard. Your cup vomit. What does it say about a person? <laughs> if they vomit? When they write in the top right corner <laughs> of the giant piece of paper I've given them. I don't know. What does it say about a person that they give? Absolutely. It means they're not plotting a bit. That they take medical students and give them vomit in a cup. I w- <laughs> what, is it, what does that say about somebody? All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Reveal. A donut. That is is that a donut? <laughs> I just said this one because it looks like a bagel and a donut. Faith, what did you put? Asked us. She I asked didn't put it. Anything. Oh, I I put oh yeah, it's in the corner. It's fifty fifty. Donut. Yeah. Oh, fifty fifty. Okay. Then I'm I did. Donuts, I did. Right. So you donut. have to drink it. Yeah, it was your. Yeah, I guess. I guess those of us who answered bagel have to drink. You already did last time, so you don't have to. Just. Okay, Dave you know what? To. It's for the sake of the game. This is no, my f- you did last time. You don't have to. This is my first. Take one for the team. I have not tasted this yet. Suffer. Ugh. That is just odd. It's nasty. All right. It's vomit in a cup. It conforms to my... It was. It conforms to my desires in making it. It's interesting because... Well, I guess two of these were beverages. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I personally I drink 60 chunky days. blue cheese as a beverage. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so in that case, three out of three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. And would you like a category, or do you want to come up with one? Let me think of one. I'd like to think at some point today. <laughs> Laffy taffy flavors. Okay. So what are the two things? Laffy Taffy flavor. So flavors, you're confining yourself to flavors of Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Has everyone here had a Laffy Taffy? I just. But you have to give us like an either or. Yeah, but just okay. Banana or grape? If we Mm. had this conversation beforehand. No. (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) Well, I feel like we had this conversation before. I don't. Okay. I feel so targeted because if you had asked me to pick two flavor, two Laffy Taffy flavors that I hated, that's why I picked them. Oh. See, there was a point in time where Ann and I had a conversation, and I told her about the types of alcohol that I choose to drink, <laughs> the flavors of alcohol that that's I choose even to worse. drink, and I related it to Laffy Taffy. Oh, I do not remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it happened. In a good way. I wonder what, yeah, let me see if my subconscious retrieves that. I, <laughs> I feel like it did. All right, are we ready to reveal? By the way, I feel very attacked right now. Three, It was two, personal. 
Three, two, one, reveal. Neither. <laughs> oh, oh Faith my God. <laughs> Faith. No. Once I again. Leave. I want to go home. Faith. I feel like I told you how much I like banana, Malibu, and Bacardi. And how whenever I tell people it, they think I'm crazy. I, I want to go home. I mean, because banana... Like, Faith, get those sipping lips going. I'm going to drink my... Banana Laffy Taffy is my favorite that's flavor. That's my favorite, too. Yeah. And I feel like we had that conversation. Oh. I guess I just think about Laffy Taffy's a lot. I don't... Weird. Not well, that, Faith. I'm glad Faith. you like it. I'm no, Dave, I will Not throw that. up. Dave, I'm going to no, throw up. No, you won't. You'll be fine. I will. I felt myself. You'll be fine. Throw up a little bit. I'll take the one. The first time. I'll, I'll take You're too good. Time. Here. I'll bring the trash can closer. No, stop. <laughs> what a supportive friend. Yes. I don't want to throw up in the podcast. I Do it for the clicks. <laughs> no, I'm not throwing up in the podcast. It's for the oh gram. Oh, my God. Faith. No. Faith. I'll drink it with you. What do we? T- I what? Don't want to. I drink it. What for do her. we teach this in medical scary. school? What do we teach in medical school? I'll about? empathetically vomit with you. Informed consent. I have been informed, and I do not consent. What do we teach in medical school about teamwork? This show is a team. This was. This show is all about teamwork. Everybody playing to their strengths. And Hen was being a good person, and I was being stubborn. Yeah, those but are you, our strengths. you still have to do things that you don't want to do. I don't. You really don't have to drink. You that. don't. You yeah. definitely. <laughs> I, drank, I drank some for I you. Believe, I fully throw up. I can't believe I almost convinced you to do. It. And no, and when you kept doing it, I was like, "Do you think I'm all right, all right, if all I right. just like hold the straw out of my mouth Let's and like make Let's do a this. Face? Let's do this then, Faith. You have to take a big sniff of it. You have to open the top and take a big sniff of it. I'll sniff it. It can't be like a. Yeah, it has, no, to, be it like has a, to be like. A, I'll get near it. You got to so do the head hear, shake with it. It has to be so strong. To be audible. That wasn't a head shake and strong sniff. You didn't stick your nose in I did a big sniff. I want that nose in there. Like that was a big enough sniff. How do you feel about that? I don't like it. (laughs) I have bad news for you, Faith. It dripped on your leg. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go to the autoclave. Never. Never has that phrase been used in a happy way. I'm never on the podcast ever again. <laughs> I think I, I might have rubbed some on my pants I, on accident. I got so. some on me earlier today. It's fine. This was a weird episode. You're all right. When you were blending it, you forgot to put and the top is, on the blender. And this is a new shirt. So, you know. All right. I'm going to burn these pants. I guess it's my turn. Didactic or clinical? What if you haven't gone yeah. to clinical? That's quite biased when half the people old, or have not done clinicals yet. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> clinical research or basic science research? And it doesn't have to be like you doing it. It can be from some other perspective. Oh. Open your eyes. <laughs> I hope I've opened your eyes to a wider world. Dave, you're really going to hate me after this one, I promise. You've definitely opened up my esophagus a little bit. Ew. You like burned a layer off. It's that like, spicy VA. Yeah. And when you mix it with the chunky blue cheese dressing, it just activates the spice. I don't think it's that spicy. Come on. It's. I, well, I, I think it's the, it's the root beer that really pushes it right i feel like if it was <laughs> chunky blue cheese and v8 alone that wouldn't be a problem but mm. adding the root beer that i think was, those are the two the most here. offensive things <laughs> right how do you feel about this you're gonna hate me how do you feel about this chunky blue cheese <laughs> you need to do like an asmr podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since i've done that one all right ready three two one Translational, yeah, you're a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> okay, so we've got I mean, th- doing- we've got three clinicals and I said bench. bench. Oh, mine looks, mine looks counts like Faith as has to take another. Mine counts as both. I'll Faith, go with this time, if you're not going to drink it, what you have to take some. That was my biggest sip. And yet. do this on your forehead. No, like stop drinking. No, and just smear it on your forehead like communion or whatever. You will no. die. Like I'm Lutheran. It's like okay. blasphemous. Yeah, well, it's not that. This hasn't been blessed. This is You're not. You're making faith change religions on the show. <laughs> this is a wild episode. Okay, you just have to put it on your forehead. Just a little bit. No. 
You have to let Nicole put it on your forehead. No. Dave, I wrote on the whole paper. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> That's rude! I, I thought you changed it to say clinical. <laughs> no. That would have been a smart thing. I've chosen the child's way out of just complaining and writing a mean thing with Expo Marker. I don't know. Dave, I gotta go get my car. Yeah. Okay. I think we're I think we've exhausted this for what it's worth. Thank you for making us a treat. Somehow it got on my shirt in multiple spots. Yeah. It does that. This is this path experience. Yeah, I got some on me all the way from here. Oh damn. <laughs> Gross. Honestly, I'd believe it. Well, that's our show. Faith Hinds, AJ, Nicole, thanks for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having us. Especially Faith. Faith, especially you, thank you. You get huge brownie points for being on the show. I'm glad I get brownie points for just complaining. I feel very uncomfortable with the gaze <laughs> that I'm receiving. And what kind of emetic would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever you find podcasts are available, like Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, YouTube. This week's producer is me. The show is made possible by a generous relationship by Carver College of Medicine, Student Government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Hitler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Bye, nerds. Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.